Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Fourth of July. Welcome to Pink Shade with Aaron Martin, the podcast where we talk about reality TV and sometimes we get a little bit culty. Today we are going to talk all reality TV. There is so much to discuss, especially after this week's 90 Day Fiance episode. Wow. So here's what I did. I made pop culture blogger and friend of the podcast, Shira Weiss, watch 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After this week for the first time ever. She has never seen a single episode of 90 Day Fiance, any version, any year, any season. So we were talking and I thought it would be fun to turn a hardcore Bravo Housewives fan to the dark side. And by the way, she's turned. She is turned. She is ready to dive in. She is ready to go back and watch every single season. And of course, I told her she has to get on board for Before the 90 Days, which is premiering its season two on August 5th. I cannot wait for this. Today, Sheer and I will be recapping all of the cuckoo crap that went down on 90 Days this week. Plus, we're going to discuss our thoughts on two Bravo-related matters. The Real Housewives of Dallas Season 3 trailer dropped, so we need to talk about what's coming. It looks like a really good season, you guys. I really think last season of Real Housewives of Dallas knocked it out of the park. It was running at the same time as the OC, and Real Housewives of Orange County, as we know, last season was such a disaster. So it it kind of filled that void for us. I think this season looks to be excellent, too. Check out the trailer if you haven't yet. You can go on bravo.com and click on it there. We're also going to discuss the Real Housewives of New York mid-season trailer because there is so much coming up. That is still the MVP franchise. I don't care what anyone says. We need to discuss that boat trip. All right, before we get to the conversation, I want to remind you guys to check out a new show that's coming up this Sunday night on TLC, July 8th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's called 90 Days Live. It is airing right after the one-hour episode of Happily Ever After. And here's what's happening. I've been talking about this a lot on my Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. It's a first-time live talk show that will be hosted by comedian and 90 Day superfan Michelle Collins. If you know her, you probably love her. I love her. She is so in deep with this show, and she's so funny. She has a serious XM radio show where she recaps this every Monday, so check that out if you haven't yet. She's going to be hosting, and it's going to include, listen to this, 90 Day Fiance alums Danielle, uh-huh, Danielle Jabali Mullins, and Lauren of Lauren and Sexy Alexi, and we're going to have three commentators in addition to them. Tanisha Thompson from Bad Girls Club. She's also a TV host. She is fiery and funny and hilarious, and she totally follows this show. And Jordan from Nation of Recap. He's got this great podcast. If you haven't subscribed to it yet, you should, because his 90 Day Fiance recaps are amazing and very detailed, and he does them every single week in addition to recapping other shows. 
I will also be on the show. So I'm the third commentator. I will be Skyping in on Sunday night to dish specifically about the Pedro family Chantel fight, which is coming up. We are finally going to see this shit go down. I am so excited. I can't even tell you guys. I mean, it is, it's like my dream is coming true. I mean, actually my dream came true when I started this podcast and I got even one listener. And so if you're listening right now, you're a part of my dream. Thank you for listening. But this going on TLC and talking about what is now my very favorite show on television It's like my life is complete. It's going to be a five-star night on Sunday night, July 8th, because the the previews of the show, and I've actually seen a little bit extra from what's coming, it's insane. It is like what we've been waiting for. And it's not just the family Chantel fight. There is so much other craziness coming. So tune in for the one-hour episode and then stay tuned in for the talk show after that. I cannot wait. TLC will also be hosting these hashtag battles They're going to be posting online polls. They're going to be reading viewer comments from social media all throughout the talk show. So stay logged in to your social media and join the party. Pink Shade Army, you are the people who know this stuff best. I want to hear from you guys. I would love it if I see your Twitter handle, your Instagram, your Facebook pop up because you guys are the funniest. You're the most hilarious. You do the deep diving. You know what's going on. So get involved. They definitely want to bring the viewers into this talk show segment. I have no idea, you know, where it's going to go from here. I have to say I'm so humbled and grateful that they that Sharp Entertainment reached out to me to even be included in the premiere of this live talk show. There's really no word on if it'll happen again or if we'll do more of these shows. I think that's the hope. So I'm hoping it goes great. All right. Shira and I have so much reality TV to talk about today. We need to get to it. Let's dive right in. Well, everyone, I'm so happy to be back with a great friend of the podcast, Shira Weiss, who is a hello, pop- hello, Shira. I was just going to say you're you're a pop culture blogger, but you write about so much other stuff too. So tell us, tell us about True. what you've been doing, and welcome. So yeah, um, writing is something that I always did, like as a supplementary thing. Um, you know, I, I do work that's really boring (laughs) otherwise. And so that's not entertainment related. So I needed an outlet. So I started writing for the Huffington Post first before I went on to, you know, start my own little thing, which I'm, I'm doing now. um, I blog at shirasgotthescoop.com, but you can also check out my old Huffington Post archive. Um, You know, I was a contributor under the name Shira Hirschman Weiss. And um, it really, it, I write about a lot of pop culture things, but I've also written about religion and, um, you know, social issues, uh, political things. But I, I would say predominantly, I like I just po- published something about Vanderpump Rules. Predominantly, I like following what's going on with these different shows, and I like you know, writing light articles about that type of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of, we've connected on that because we both are very interested in diving into cult life and, mm-hmm. you know, extreme religions. And we're actually going to be talking about one of the A&E series episodes coming up soon. And we also love trash TV. So it's perfect. Exactly. We have a bit of the, you know, intellectual <laughs> stuff. And then we like, look at, we like a lot of the garbage stuff, too. And to wax philosophical about it. Exactly. So, OK, we are going to talk about 
for the bulk of the episode about 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After because you guys, as I told you in the intro, I asked Shira to watch for the first time ever the two hour episode, two hours and 14 minutes basically episode of yeah. Happily Ever After this week. And she has never watched 90 Days before, but you know, you've heard about it though. I mean, you've seen yes. everyone talking about it. Yeah, everybody's been talking about it, but when you first told me it was two hours and 15 minutes or whatever, I was like, <laughs> oh my God, another network that's trying to usurp my, you know, nighttime, leisure time. Like, because I feel that every show now, they're just trying to get, the network's trying to get eyes for as long as possible. Like, that whole thing, I mean, first of all, there were so many commercials, but it was, it was good, but it was stretched out. It was stretched oh. out. The two hour, inf- I guess it's two fifteen. We're gonna call it. It really is probably yeah. only. It's only like an eighty minute episode, but they do have so many commercials and they have so much, you know, from last time and then preview for next time. It's very filled with you know fluff. However, yes. they are kind of genius over at TLC. Also, they're very frustrating for doing that fifteen minute extra into the hour mark thing because they you can't. If you're watching it live, for instance, then you can't really head over to your other show. You know what I mean? It yeah. Keeps you well, on they the definitely hook. do that on purpose. I yeah. mean, look at look at what ABC is doing. It's a crime. Bachelorette for two hours, <laughs> followed by The Proposal, <laughs> the worst show on television. It's horrible. So I feel like you know TLC is cornering, is getting into that market. But you know what? This show was a lot better than Bachelorette or The Proposal. So. Thank it was, you. you know, essentially worth it. it. It's essentially worth it. Exactly. I yes. will, I feel like I will, I will donate my time to it because I'll take whatever they give me. I love it so much. Yes. So, okay. We're going to talk about that in detail and we're especially going to talk about what it was like for you to be kind of like the virgin eyes on this wonderful yeah. gift of a series. But first I want to talk about two housewives related matters. We need to talk about the New York mid-season trailer for season 10, and then we're going to touch on. Dallas, which is premiering in August. Is that right? Yeah, August 15th. August 15th. Okay, so we have OC coming out in July very soon, and then Dallas on the 15th of August. Okay, so let's talk about New York first. First of all, you are a huge Real Housewives fan, and what do you think of New York as a franchise? Well, okay, I think New York is definitely the best right now. I mean, I wouldn't say I always thought that, but now I really think it's the best show on TV. I think a long time ago I used to like Beverly Hills a lot, but this is the show that's really delivering us drama, not just filler scenes, and you know that much discussed boat ride from hell. Um, they gave us that in the preview for what's to come, I know. and everybody's been talking about that. Because we, yeah, we weren't sure if we were going to get it right. Yes, because you know we there were rumors that the cast was threatening to sue, um, which Bethany said like you know. Don't trust everything you hear when she responded to that. You know, there were there were rumors that the cast was so unhappy about that trip because it was like a near-death experience that we didn't think they would actually air the footage. But it looks like they're giving us something tantalizing. Um, and I, I hate to say that because it, it, it was probably the scariest day of their lives. Yeah, it probably was. But you know what? Shout out to that camera crew, too, because they had a scary experience, but they captured the footage. So they should show it at least for that. And if we're going to do a quick 90-day crossover, you may not have seen this scene yet, but you will because you're going to dive deep on that series. I know. (laughs) So the the Sharp Entertainment or the production crew who was with um, the TLC filming of Before the 90 Days last year got attacked by machetes. 
Oh my god! Jungle. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean, oh my god! When I yeah, when that, I when I hear about the housewives that. crying about like the boat trip, I'm like, oh snap! You guys don't know anything about what went on in the jungle for these 90 day folks. Like that's the oh that my team. god! Yeah. Wow. So, you need to interview them about that. Oh my god! That's I'm something. so all over. I really would love to. I really would love yeah. to. I've been talking to producers this week because I announced it in the intro, and I've been talking to everyone I know that 90 Days Live is coming out Sunday, and I'm going to be commenting on that. So. I've had a really great time talking to the producers of the show and kind of I'm, I'm trying to feel them out for how much I can say, how much, you know, I should I should not say because I have strong opinions. But they you could tell that they're really they, they don't take themselves too seriously and they really love to talk about their show, which is cool. I think that's very cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah. we need to find out more about this machete experience. But yeah, okay. shout out to the crew on, on Real Houses of New York because, right. you know, they got that. And right. I mean, that's what everybody's been talking about. And I do want to see if Sonia is really in diapers. I heard that Lou confirmed that <laughs> to someone at her show. Um, so that rumor, as insane as it sounds, it sounds like it's true. It's I know. That's what I've heard, too. Leah Black actually said that on Lunch with Leah a few months ago. <laughs> and she wouldn't confirm who it was, but she said she does know that one of the cast members ends up in diapers. And you know what? No shade. Because who knows if I'd be in a diaper if I were almost sunk on a boat, too. Right. Like, I don't know. Maybe. And I, But God knows I wouldn't but be on a reality was, TV Sonya, show. But if it was, she'll be open about it. She's open about everything in her life. She would like, totally... She'll, she'll probably show us the diaper and the content. That's what makes this show so great. It's like they really do, you know hang out all their dirty laundry literally for us to see so if you know whatever right. Sonia's travails were I believe that we will get to see them which is it's going to be great it's going to be great so they show previews of the boat trip where they're all hugging and saying their last goodbyes they think they're going to die we see we hear about the diaper situation we see Ramona in a wheelchair we also see some drama leading up to this um uh, well, let's let's stay on the Columbia trip for now. Carol versus Bethany. We see snippets of Carol of Bethany saying to Carol, "I feel like you just don't like me." And Carol says, "Well, maybe that's it." What do you think of this feud between these two? Yeah, I think that you have to handle Bethany with care. Like she's a very she jumps on things, she does attack. I mean, I don't think she, there are a lot of people that defend Bethany who are like Team Bethany, she, you know, uh, I mean, I do think Carol is not handling Bethany well at all. Um, and she's not coming across in a positive light. Like, I'm, I don't think either of their, their hands are clean. So I'm not on either team. I think that um, the way that Carol deals with Bethany is just a little, you know, she gets a little mean girl in her approach. Yeah, so. I, I feel I, I I think I feel the same. I people have been really calling me a Bethany apologizer because I've been doing quite a bit of it, and it's not because I think Bethany is acting great or that she is great, but I think that she is um, being vilified a little too much, and Carol is being you know her praises are being sung for the really eviscerating blogs she's been re- writing, and yeah. I don't think that's a good look for Carol. You know, that's that's my main point. It's like kind of what you're saying. She's not handling it well. Bethany's not handling herself well. And I really thought they had somewhat of a friendship. And I think Bethany's confusion over what exactly went wrong is all of our confusion. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with, like, Carol got a little – she sort of clicked Bethany out. Like, she got very close with Tinsley. I think that's really what it's about. She got so close with Tinsley yep. that she – you know, she made Tinsley her favorite person. Like Bethany even said, you have a favorite person. I agree with Beth- what Bethany said about that. Like you always have like what your one person. And so I think now Tinsley is her one person, whereas that used to be Bethany's role. And 
I think Beth- Bethany legitimately feels downgraded, and Carol's like making that obvious that she was downgraded. I think so, so too. I think it's really about the Tinsley relationship. I think it's just about friendships changing, you know, yeah. but they're trying to make it about something it's not. So we also see this Bethany and Sonia alliance continue in a preview for the mid- in the mid-season trailer. They're joking about Sonia's like resume. Right. What do you yeah. think of their alliance in general? I think it's nice because we really, I mean, well, Bethany just turns on a dime. So I know. Like, I don't, it's hard. She's so fickle. It's hard to like, you know, really love her for that. But at the same time, it's, it's really nice because she, you know, reamed Sonia out last season and called her, you know, told her with a tipsy girl thing that it was a cheater brand. And she really went hard on her. And now she's, they've, I think with Bethany, this is what happens. And the same thing with Bethany and Luann, that she's like, she, you get used to, she gets used to other people and they get used to her and they know how to deal with each other and handle each other with the right, like, you know, kid gloves. Yeah. So I think I that's think what's so too. I, Yeah, I agree. They're, they know how to handle each other and they're not too close. It's like they can just be friends of convenience and they can just ham it up for the cameras. And I actually like it. I enjoy Bethany and Sonia together sleeping in the same bed. Yes. As, you know, Bethany talking a mile a minute and Sonia just blink, 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 listening. Like they're just kind of, Laurel and Hardy to me they're funny yeah and they were I really like it because it also shows like it sort of shows how this show works they're like a dysfunctional family like she <laughs> Bethany used to fight so much with Sonia she used to fight so much with Luann and with both Sonia and Luann they've mutually um, gotten to know each other's quirks to accept each other's quirks to say okay that's a Luannism that's a Bethanyism and they know how to work with each other and so I like that I feel like that's the progress these ladies have made being on this show for so long together. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? You know who's never going to make any progress are Bethany and Ramona. I mean, they right, are say just, Ramona. <laughs> they're too much alike because Ramona never makes progress and Bethany really doesn't either. You well, know what I mean? They're repeating the same patterns. It's not like Lu- Luann's taken a step back and she's like, okay, I know that, you know, this is just Bethany's tough approach. And, mm-hmm. and Bethany's come to this place where she's like, okay, I know that. I feel like also Luann has shown her more humble side. Sonia's maybe shown a more fallible side. And, um, but, you know, but I think Ramona's too stubborn to, like, she keeps repeating the same mistakes over and over again, not, not showing she's learned from them. Like, Sonia and Luann did. No, and I love Ramona as a housewife. And she, I also think she's a monster in real life. Like, I think she is an absolute monster from all accounts that we've heard from people who have interviewed her. I know from other writers who I've talked to personally, too, who have seen her at events. She she is not a nice person (laughs) in real life. But I love her as a housewife because she is so she is just stuck on Ramona. You know what I mean? Like she's stuck on that channel and she's just never going to change. But that's why I like Bethany, too. And people people hate them both at different times, but they just work as housewives. Now, here's the deal, though. Sonia is really never going to change either. But Dorinda thinks that she's going to yell and berate Sonia out of being Sonia. What is up with Dorinda getting so triggered? I have to tell you. So I know a lot about that, actually. Okay, Um, tell me. No, because I last year I interviewed Dorinda for the Huffington Post. You can check out my archive. Um, There's an interview from last season. And she was so angry at Sonia then because Sonia was making all these like passive aggressive jabs where like, like in high school, you walk away and you're like, oh my gosh, that person was trying to make me feel bad about that. You know, like you realize afterwards, like, oh my God, did they just say that? And that's what, what's been happening with um, Dorinda and Sonia for like, for like two years now, Sonia has been making these like jabs at Dorinda. And I think it was, I actually started the hashtag. It's not about the crest. 
it was not about the crest on Sonia's shoes that, you know, Zorinda got so angry. Yeah. It's the history that has been boiling up and boiling up. And like, it's reached that boiling point where Zorinda can't take it anymore. And it reached that point last year too, but they got over it because remember that was the whole get an easy pass on your vagina, clip, clip. Those were all arguments and just throwdowns from Dorinda to Sonia. Yeah, but it's been continuing, I think. It's been continuing. It just will never stop. I mean, what's got to happen? Because Sonia's not going to change. Sonia's not going to change. And I think Dorinda, I don't. I don't know. I mean, anything is possible with these people. Like sometimes they just all of a sudden they're friends again. <laughs> right. Um, but right now I know that, well, here's the thing. Here's the real the reality behind the reality TV is that Sonia and Dorinda don't hang out regularly. They're on camera friends. They never have gone. Dorinda, Dorinda's made it a point to say multiple times. They've mm-hmm. never gone, even gone to lunch together except for when they're on camera. So I don't see any resolution because they look at it as, oh, thank God I don't have to deal with her for, you know, most months out of the year and then have to get together with her for the, you know, show events. So that's why I don't think they're ever going to come to a good place. But Dorinda's like on the outs with everybody, right? The reunion should be interesting because Dorinda hates Bethany right now. She is unhappy with Sonia. She's unhappy with Luann because Luann criticized her drinking mm-hmm. in the vlogs. Mm-hmm. And you know what? So, this, all of this isn't a good look for Dorinda. I love yeah. crazy Dorinda, but I feel like this season she's not doing herself many favors by being so hateful in her interviews and on her blogs, yeah. kind of like Carol. But Carol, I expect that from because she's always been kind of haughty. But Dorinda, I don't know. I'm like, man, I don't want to see that from her. I love her usually. But these ladies are not easy to get along with. I, I think, you know, in, if we knew them in real life, we'd stay far away. <laughs> totally. I do. I try to. Oh, my God. As soon as I have a brush with, like, anyone from that world, like, you yeah. know how it goes. You're like, uh, I have to exit now. Because yes, I yes. don't want to actually get – I don't want to, like, really be in a Real Housewives fight. I just want to talk about their fights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think that, you know – right. So so Dorinda has really carried on about her fights with these – with her co-stars – and it's going to be interesting because at the reunion, either they'll have like already come to a better like sometimes they they do end up meeting before and they come to a better place. But if they're really not if they're going all these months of the year without seeing each other, it could really uh, be tense at that reunion. Um, and I think it's going to be interesting because it's clear that Dorinda is only talking to she took a trip recently with um, with Carol and Tinsley. And I think those are the only castmates she's talking to at the moment. Yeah, I think that's the team. I think those are going to be the couches. Carol, Tinsley, yeah. and Dorinda, and then everybody. Well, where's Ramona going to sit? I guess she's going to sit with them, too. It's going to be basically oh, yeah. the cars that went to, you know, the um, the spa, you know, except for Luann and Dorinda will be split. Oh, yeah. Well, um, no, Ramona is going to be with Carol, Tinsley, and right. Dorinda because she's she's yeah. actually, yes, I heard she's getting, Ramona's getting along with them. And Dorinda even said, Dorinda said to me, I like, I like. Ramona I know her I know her quirks I get together with her I'm sure that like Dorinda's fought with with Ramona but she likes the Ramona they're she considers her a real friend yeah they're so, friends outside the show yes yeah, makes sense okay so here's the interesting thing because you were telling me we're going to transition to Real Housewives of Dallas and you were telling me how it's really uh, this season coming up season three there are fights that are much like what we see in New York that are about what people say in the press behind the scenes Yes. So very, yes. it mirrors that very much, except this is much newer franchise. It's season three. Except season that they're two so is awesome. green. 
Yeah, exactly. Except, no, you know what? The New York Housewives have really brushed it off now. They're, like, made of Teflon. They don't care what people say about them. And, yes, I mean, they get angry about what's what runs in page six and the fact that Sonia went running to page six about Tinsley. Okay, so, yeah, that has happened, but I feel like they're a little tougher and not going to notice what all of the blogs say, but the Real Housewives of Dallas ladies are keeping tabs on what's being said on podcasts, in the blogs, and um, so I heard from two sources that, I don't know what, what ends up making it to the footage, but that while filming, one of the storylines is what has been said about each other um, in the blogs and on podcasts. That actually becomes a storyline. Yeah, I mean, it, it came up during film. I don't know what, you know, again, I, I don't know what will make it to the footage. Okay. But um, but they did, they, they're very angry about a couple of interviews that I know. One of them is mine because um, <laughs> Leanne just had this quote in her interview with me where she said she looks at, you know, Brandy as a scorpion, that she's like, she's the frog and she's afraid to trust the scorpion. And um, I did hear from Brandy she sent me an email once saying like, when did this interview take place? I'm really upset about this. So I don't know if mine will come up, but um, you know, and they won't, they won't say the names of the bloggers or the podcast because they can't do that anyway. It's very fourth wall, but I know they're very upset about another podcast interview where Deandra talked about feeling that like she was sort of um, shamed for being, um, for having like more meat on her bones than the other castmates. Mm-hmm. And that, may come up where like they're like you we never called you fat why are you saying that to the she also she also insinuated or maybe even more than insinuated that everyone was on Adderall oh she did okay yeah (laughs) Yeah. all right so that may come up this season yeah very likely I would think it was and also who in the okay I watched the trailer and it's not really clear. Someone accuses Brandy Redmond of being an alcoholic, which I feel like has been on every single city of the Real Housewives these past two years. Like, everyone is being accused of this. So right. is, is that from Leanne's camp, or is she the one repeating it in the trailer? Um, I'm guessing that there's definitely, I mean, well, we see in the trailer, there's some tension between Lu- Leanne and, I almost said Luann, Leanne and Brandy. Right. Um, and I think, I mean, I know firsthand so that they were feuding when I spoke with Leanne. So um, from what I saw in the trailer, they're definitely, they come to blows. And I think that Leanne is the one that said that about Brandy. Okay. It, it, but don't quote me on that. It, it could be no, wrong. No, we're just, you know what? Them. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. This is what, right. I, when I saw it in the trailer, and you guys who haven't seen the Real Housewives of Dallas trailer yet, go look at it and tell me what you think. It looks like Leanne is repeating it to someone else. Like, you don't know if she's saying someone called Brandy an alcoholic or if she's saying it. It's very, it's, oh, yeah, well, it's, they did the same thing last year with, see, they run their mouths off and they always get in trouble that way. <laughs> this person said this about you. They did it last year <laughs> totally. about Mark. Uh, uh, Carrie's husband, yes. Duber, Dauber, Duber. Yeah. So they did the same thing last year. Like people were saying he goes to the roundup and you know, that whole thing came up last year. So they always get themselves in trouble for like what I heard third hand, you know, I love them though. I mean, do, did you hear that they actually, uh, the, the production team actually got nominated for an Emmy for casting? Yeah. I think, Be- I, I think it is a genius show cause they're all, a little wacky in their yeah. own in their own way. They're all 
batshit, you know, crazy. So I agree. And you know what? They even brought Cameron Westcott back, who is the pink dog food lady, and she mm-hmm. she looks like she gets a little more comfortable with herself and into the mix, and she's not so scared of dildos chasing her around the beach anymore. I mean, it looks. I like, liked her. I, I liked her. I, last I thought season. she was really. I thought she was too much of a caricature last year. Like she was all like, mm-hmm. I don't want people to think I'm stupid, but I want, I want to make sure people, you know, like think I'm stupid before I tell them I'm smart. It was just so co- produced. It seemed like she was producing her own character. I did not like that. But this season, it looks like she's shifted a little bit and she looks like more of a person, at least from the trailers. Like she's yeah. laughing. Brandy tries to make out with her at one point. It looks really funny. It looks like, Deandra and Leanne go at it too, and they're actual good friends. Oh, they go at it with each other. They are friends. Yeah, I remember Deandra had only nice things to say, and vice versa. Maybe it's just oh, so one moment. It's maybe just one moment, a clip, or I'm looking at long hair and I'm attributing it to the wrong person. It no, also, it could be because maybe, all these yeah. women. I mean, I could see De- I could see Deandra being, you know, clashing with Leanne, but then saying like, "I know Leanne. I've known her for a long time," and making peace with her because Deandra is the only level-headed member of that crew i think i love her she's the most yeah i think i feel like she's the most normal you need one level-headed person always to balance everybody else out she was a great addition to the cast and also she brought along her mother who is amazing and is like just good tv that woman is scary and her face doesn't move and i love her and we're gonna have more of that storyline with her and her mother Mm -hmm. you know running this business together and, you know, Deandra trying to, like, you know, have her mother think of her in, as an independent person and someone who can head this business. And, you know, the problem with working with your parent is your parent always – I always say this. Like, no matter how old I am and how old my mother gets, my mother always thinks she can tell me what to do because she's my mother. And I think that that's what's going on with Deandra and, and Big D. Is that her name? <laughs> big D. It's like Big Kathy. Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. It is. It is. And it's true. It's a dynamic that everyone can relate to, even if they're not, you know, the daughter of someone who's as <laughs> icon, instantly iconic as Big D. So we also see Brandy Redmond is adopting a baby, and we've seen that in the news. Yeah, Congratulations she to her. And it's happening on the show. Uh, Leanne is maybe planning a wedding, but people are questioning if she's ever going to set a date. And people are also questioning the faithfulness of her fiance, which, of course, is going to turn into a major blow up. Wow. Yeah. And then we see Carrie Duber um, performing, her and her husband, Mark, performing vaginal rejuvenation on Stephanie Holman. And I'm like, if I have to see another fucking <laughs> vaginal rejuvenation on the goddamn Real Housewives show, I'm... I really can't. I mean, are they not hearing our feedback? Our feedback is loud and clear. We do not want to see this anymore. I've had an issue with, and also the at one point they were doing like waxing, not or not waxing, some hair removal, like on every single show. Vanderpump Rules, every single one. Um, it, it was it was like absolutely ridiculous. I'm like, why is there a sudden like wave of hair removal on all these shows that right. we are told about in detail? Like, I don't want to. I hate those procedures that we are forced to see. I don't want to see or, any of them. I don't care if the husband yes. is a plastic surgeon. I don't want to see any of that shit. I, the worst, the lowest of the low, Shira, yeah, I think you're going to agree with me, is the colonics that were also yes. a wave. Like on Vicky getting the poop sucked out of her and then Portia and Phaedra lying down to get dual colonic. I'm like, I can't with the colonics. You guys stop. 
Yeah, we get the point. These ladies do strange so things. We we don't need to see any. I just feel like it's TMI. That's what it is. It's TMI. Also, speaking of TMI, this is the last thing I'm going to say about this before we get into 90 Day. We saw mm-hmm. in the previews Carrie Duber and her husband Mark frolicking in the ocean naked. And Ugh. we need to now burn our corneas out of our heads. <laughs> Shira, that was right. so we get it. Troubling. We get it. You're straight. You would get it. You're a straight married couple. We don't need to be, we don't need that hammered home because of last year's storyline. I feel like, you know, the couple doth protest too much. We don't need to, to, we know you have sex. We don't need to know any more about it. I don't want to know anything about that. And I d- certainly did not want to see that in a trailer. When you're watching a trailer, you're not, you're not thinking you're going to see something that disturbing. That was the most disturbing thing in the whole trailer. You guys, if you watch it, just skip the last, like, 12 seconds, and maybe you, you'll be spared that nightmare. If you already saw it, I'm sorry. We're here for you. We'll start a support thread on the Pink I mean, Facebook group. These it's are, horrible. This is the one thing I have to say about that, though. This crew is the most self-conscious about how they were portrayed in prior season and they're the most self-conscious about what people say about them as we know with the reaction to the blogs so i think that might really be like oh we really need to show us as a married couple this year because of all those rumors that went on about you last year that's what i think that is oh i think that is i, I think that's exactly what it is too however i never want to see mark duber naked again yeah even with things blurred out Okay, we have to get into 90 Day Fiancé, Happily Ever After. So as you know, there are many different versions of 90 Day Fiancé on TLC. There's the original show, 90 Day Fiancé, which is all about someone getting a K-1 visa, having 90 days to marry their true love or their catfisher over here in the U.S. <laughs> and it's, yes. been, it's been a show that ha- had a slow burn. It had a slow start, and the fans really rallied around it. And last year alone, the... The series, every single version of it, doubled TLC's ratings as a network overall. And 90 Day Fiancé before the 90 Days was bringing in 2 million viewers a week alone, and that was its debut season. And just as a comparison, Real Housewives of Dallas doesn't even get a million views. So yeah. it is. It, it has blown up. It is a. It's like a universe. There's all of these. And I was the last person in on the planet to start watching it. <laughs> finally, the other night. But you know what's great? I love that you watched it for the first time because you are deep into reality TV. So it's not like it's not like making like my husband watch it. You know what I mean? Like you know reality TV. So when you watch this show, it's just a different flavor. It's funny because I kept saying for the longest time, I have to watch it because you know what? Everybody's talking about something and you're like, I'm a reality TV person and this is the one show I don't watch. But like even my brother who, you know, <laughs> shuns reality TV, thinks things are ridiculous. Somehow he got into, he and his fiance got into 90 Day Fiance. So go figure, you know? Um, and yes, I finally watched it and now I see what all the hype is about it really does uh like now I have to know everything about everyone and right I don't know how I'm gonna I'm very overwhelmed actually because I don't know how I'm gonna catch up seriously it it, it really (laughs) takes it takes dedication it takes like a fake flu for 48 hours like you just have to you just have to commit but you 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 watch 90 day fiance happily ever after episode seven this past Sunday night and and you did a deep dive afterwards and caught up on some details. But before you did the deep dive, what was your first yes. reaction to just watching the show, period? So my first reaction was like, okay, I really see why people are addicted to this. This is very, like, these people are kind of pathetic. Um, but, and, and I feel bad saying that. It's like, they're, I feel mean even, like, criticizing them because, like, 
they've all gotten themselves into these this really bad predicament and like we're commenting on like these how they're really in in a bad place i think all of them and like we see things that they don't see like you know i don't know that this guy is really attracted to this woman is he just using her so you can get his the green card you know we look at it and it's just like i feel voyeuristic and i feel bad in a way but i also i also want to keep watching yeah because that's so. great that's great old school reality tv right yeah I mean, you feel terrible because, like, these people are in bad predicaments. But at the same time, like, they chose to air this stuff on TV, so I'm going to keep watching. Exactly. And it's not like one person captured the other one and dragged them somewhere. They're all willing participants. You know what I mean? So even if we think one person got a raw deal in the fiancé duo, it's like, well, they signed up for it. They they agreed to marry this idiot. You know, so this is a really typical first reaction, though. When you start 90 Day Fiancé, you feel like a bad person. And yeah. then you move into the phase of finding other people who to support your addiction. And then you move into the next phase of just joyfully snarking on it all. So you're you're moving through that initial phase of feeling bad right now, but you're going you know, to, it was you're also to move very, very quickly weird. through it. As I was watching, I was also thinking, like, because they show young, there's no, like, age range. It's not, like, a, a short short range. There's, like, a woman who's 42, and then there's a woman who's 24, right? Yeah. So, so like, two people that are, like, one is twice, almost twice the age of, of the other one. And there's something about this show. Like, you know how they say TV adds um, 10 pounds or camera adds 10 pounds? There's something about this show where it sort of, like, adds 10 years, at least to the older people on the show. It's like, I'm watching them. I'm like, why is this really old person on the show? Oh, I'm thinking that because there's this really young person. So... And probably looking at the older person is much, much older. Like these women are actually, the older people, quote unquote, are actually younger than I am. But I thought they were like much older. Because yeah, every, you can't I, figure I, it out. They look like 75, but they're actually 43. Or the I think young, it's because yeah. of the juxtaposition with right. the 20 something year olds. Um, right. And the and camera also just... adds like four extra asses to David. Or he's actually claiming yeah. <laughs> so. On Instagram today or somewhere on social media, he posted a picture of himself from the neck up, no body. And he said, wow, right. the camera really adds extra weight. And it's like, David, you need to just take a seat on your very right. large, <laughs> large mass that Annie likes to talk about going boom, 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 and not speak about this. I mean, oh, this, so I haven't seen that part yet with oh, Annie saying boom, boom, boom. Oh, you're, you're, <laughs> you have so... You have so much amazingness awaiting you, Shira. Okay, so let's yeah. let's actually talk about the episode itself. Let's go through each couple. Let's start with D- Annie and David. Why not? Oh let's, my gosh! Wow. So this is the couple I know let's th- talk about. So tell me what you know. Yeah. Okay, so them I knew the most about. So like when you know afterwards, well, I'll get to afterwards later. But like them, I really wanted to know more about um, because I had listened to like Heather McDonald's impersonations and. I feel like everybody's talking about them. So when I came to the show for the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, they are like the impersonations. Oh, they are like the discussions that people had about them. Um, They... Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 
I mean, okay, first of all, Annie does not like look like she even likes him. I mean, look, she's supposed to love him and be married to him. Does she even like him? No. Does anybody even like him? His sister doesn't even like him. I mean, his daughter yeah. doesn't even like him. He, he is so pathetic and such a user and a loser. And Annie is... I think she's been really faking her niceness so far. I thought, you know, everybody kind of got clued into this halfway through the season. They were first on last year. She seemed like an innocent victim at first. And then it was like, "Mm, I don't know. I think she's just as much of a user, but things aren't panning out the way she thought they would now. So she's, she's really showing her true colors, which is to be annoyed by David. David sucks. Yeah, I feel like, okay, I think she married him thinking like rich American. I feel bad saying, see, how can you? How can you, you know, criticize a show without sounding like politically incorrect? But that's, but what, really... that's what she really probably thought. But but she couldn't have really thought that because if you do, once you do a little bit deeper research on this, she did know that he was broke, but he just kept promising that things would get better in America. That's that is something right, he promised. Right. No, I so I think she had this view of America, like oh, oh America, like you know, my savior. It's going to be a great place and a land of promise. And I think a lot of foreign. I mean, I've seen this with foreigners. I lived in Israel for a year and I also visited there like a, a million times and and I've gone to other countries and I, I do think that people think like oh America like there's something there that it has something to offer me and it's like an escape and and financial haven you know um and I think that maybe so maybe she was like lured in by the promise of what was to come yeah but because sadly, David had no money before he was just mooching off of his friend Chris right yeah. So I'm I don't even know how they the two of them met, but <laughs> I think that like she looks like she's not I mean that comes up in the episode too, but right. she looks like she's really not happy at all with him. Um and he I feel like he he still looks like he's going to bend over backwards and do whatever she wants. Um Except I don't for know. I haven't job. seen the pushback yet. He's not going to get a job though. I mean, that's the only thing he won't do. He refuses to get a job. It's like he wants right. to whine and complain and talk about how hard his life is, but he refuses to get a job. Is he so, even trying to get a job or they No, or he make... went on he went on some like fake interview and bombed it on purpose and they weren't going to hire him anyway. I mean, the cameras were just there to be like and David goes for an interview. Take one. I mean, it was ridiculous. Right. But he he really just needs to like wear a sandwich board in front of a car wash. Like he needs any job he can get right now. I would think this show would be a good pl- – I mean, look, he's on a show. So, like, there'll be people that, like, pay him to self, you know, flat tummy tea or be a Weight Watcher. <laughs> not, uh, yeah, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not the 90 day people. No, they could sell, like, yeah, short-term loans or multi-level marketing scheme. They would have to get into completely different businesses than the housewives do. This is not the crowd that you want to be buying things for self-improvement from. Mm-mm. Right. So, yeah. okay, so David, is, let me just ask you this before I talk more about David. When you were over in Israel, so you were talking about people who had dreams of coming to America. Did any of their dreams include living above a firehouse? <laughs> Not that I heard. Okay. I did get used to, I used to joke around. I'm like, Israel is a place where men really appreciate me because they like flirting with American girls. Some I don't even think it's like. as It's not really with the same motivation as 90 Day Fiancé, but I think American girls are like, or like years ago, were more you know blonde, blondish people, people with blue eyes, are more of an anomaly. Whereas now, I think Israel has got Israel has changed so much in like thirty years; it's unbelievable. So I don't think that like someone that looks like me is a rarity in Israel. But I think when I was there, and in the community I was in, maybe you know that's what it was. But 
I th- I think that you know there's something about foreigners that like is very attracted to Amer the idea of an American. Right, and for Annie, I mean, she went from living in a hut, and David had to buy two water buffalo to basically purchase her from her family. And oh my God! Br- yes, and brought her over. <laughs> you have to, you, Shira, just go watch all. of Yes, it. I have to go back. <laughs> Those buffalo are going to be repossessed, dude, because he he can't even he probably made the payments on those on some credit card that has defaulted since. I mean, it's so he's so disgusting. So he bought these two water buffalo with his friend Chris's money. Chris has furnished the apartment for them, but he's now being evicted from it. And next week, we're going to see how the dreams of the firehouse are now being dashed and they're going to have to move into basically what looks like the original set of the office, except way more depressing. Wow, because there's a lot for me to catch up on because this is all really complicated. <laughs> it's very complicated. So, and also, can we just yeah. admit, David had problems dating regular, normal people in his hometown or anywhere around him. And he also, very likely, as the rumors have been going around, met Annie not in what he calls a karaoke bar. Yeah, not in a kosher way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I have to say, I mean, she is, she's 24 years old, right? How old is his daughter that they showed in this episode? Oh, she's as older, older. And, she, you right. know, Annie likes to talk about how Ashley, the daughter, has four kids from four different baby daddies and da-da-da. But Annie really skirts around the issue of what she was doing to maybe support her own family back in Bangkok. And you know what? Good, Whatever she had to do, she had to do. I understand right. that. We're but not going to shame sex workers. But, we, but, 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 she, yeah. but, she, but she tries to shame David's daughter. You know, and so it's like, shut up, Annie. I get, I'm getting really upset with Annie's true colors coming out because I feel like, not upset with them. I'm glad they're coming out, but I'm getting upset with her behavior of trying to act like she's the innocent victim. She's not. Well, yeah. And she, I mean, they bring up in this episode, David's daughter asks her, she says, you know, I heard this rumor that you, you were, you were an ex escort and that, that's how you met my dad. And then, you know, then, and she denies that, but then goes on to talk about, these crazy like sex clubs in Thailand and something about ping pong. I really was not, it was really hard for me to follow what she was saying, but something with ping pong out of the vagina. I don't know what in the world she was talking about, but it sounds like she knew too much detail for someone who was not worked in that industry. Oh yeah. She knew a lot of detail opening um, beer bottles with your vagina. And she also, Annie, Annie's potty mouth has come out, which I am here for. Her talking about like what the fuck and dick and vagina shows it's it's yeah. like whoa who's this Annie? She does know a lot about something she says she knows nothing about. So let's just right. ponder that. Okay, so let's move on to Nicole and Azin, who are oh, yeah. Wow, they are longtime veterans of this franchise. I mean, they have been on every season that you can imagine, and this is like their fourth go round, basically. So and as, I have to still tell you, married. as a newbie. You know, it's weird because like, obviously, okay, so I'll tell you my take as someone who had never watched it before. So the first time I'm ever watching this, I hadn't seen any YouTube clips or anything. I thought like, wow, this girl is gaga over him. And like, he seems to treat her daughter well. So like from this episode, from this one episode alone, they didn't look, they didn't look bad. But then I did like a little deep diving and I'm like, oh, he is clearly with her because, you know, he has some motivations. It's not, you know, I don't think he's really so winter i mean she did seem very she seems so gaga over him 
Which is like, true. You're right. She is totally gaga over him. She's been sending him her Starbucks paychecks for four years now to support him while he works at no job. Oh, God. She lives in a one-room, tiny little motel-slash-apartment with her daughter in squalor so that she can support Azin's lifestyle. He could not get his K-1 visa to come over to the U.S. under mysterious circumstances. Oh, yes. She has flown (laughs) over there to stalk his ass and marry him anyway. And he looks less than thrilled about all of this. But he does treat May very well. Yeah, so I noticed that. I was like, oh, he's so good to to the daughter. Right. Um, Then I, like, dug up some clips where he's, like, telling her how to parent. And I was like, okay, he's a little, you know, rude. But I think he has good motivations in that regard. Um, but I think, yeah, he's really, it looks like he's using her. And I feel like part of it, I feel bad saying this, but part of it is like, he's like a fit young guy. And like, she, I I mean, she's pretty, she's very pretty, but you know, I feel like, like when I, when I watch some of the old clips where he's like telling her, you need to go to the gym and you need to get healthy. I, it just kind of, I think that's part of what makes me question. Like if he really wants to be with her, keep questioning. Keep those questions yeah. in your head because you're you're on the right track. You definitely need to be questioning everything when it comes to Azin's motivations. The rumors are that he's got girlfriends all around the globe. He's catfishing all of them. He has them pay for his gym memberships, plane tickets, his family's lifestyle. But the only one who oh, came wow. who came with a camera crew and an offer of marriage was Nicole. And so he's kept oh, her on the hook. Okay. So this is kind of the wow. backstory of them. Now, the truth, the real truth is something that's still a mystery. These are the rumors out there. You know, we've heard, but we did hear this season him uh, like talking in a voicemail. It surfaced somewhere and someone brought it to Nicole's attention that he was talking about kissing another woman. Like, oh, I can't wait to kiss you again. Blah, blah, blah. And Nicole said, what was that? And listen to this. He tells her. Oh, my oh, gosh, it, this is so it, juicy. It, yeah, tell, it's, I know, right? It's like housewives sit down. So yeah. he tells her, oh, oh, that was just me drunk one night with, pranking someone with my friends. That's not real. And Nicole says, okay, I'll be right over to Morocco to marry you. Oh, God. Wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she, he's definitely, he's seeing other women or writing to other women. God knows what's going on. But I would be careful if I were him because you have a camera crew on you, like, that's the thing. It's like pretty much twenty four seven. What the hell, dude? You're doing this in plain sight. Like, are it you? It makes me wonder. Me? Like, how in the world did Tom get away with so much stuff at the Regency on <laughs> on New York? I mean, the same kind of thing. Like, this guy is. You have you have producers on you so much and cameras on you so much. I don't know how you can get away with it. So yeah, um, now I want to be now I want to be in the loop on those stories to see what's what's really going on with him. You have to do but, really deep diving on Nicole and Asin. If if any of the couples deserve you know the most hours of your time, it's them. So no, Molly and Luis, you didn't really get to see Luis because the episode that you came in on it was just Molly already being separated from him and oh, she's yes, seeking yes. a divorce. But basically, their story. Since you didn't see all of the backstory, we don't have to go into it now, but their story is worth watching because it is a shit show. Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw a little, I I, I did a little bit of a deep dive on them and I saw like, you know, she has a daughter from a prior union um, who, and he like, Louise was talking about sex to her, like saying something about like her, you know, you do with your body, your body, what you want. And she was like, why is she having this taboo, taboo conversation with her? I mean, it seems like he's just really not appropriate for her. He's way too young for her. I don't actually, I don't even know the age difference. I just thought she was a lot older. Um, and it's like 42, 27 ish. Oh yeah. Something like that. So yeah, the motives are, the motives are, you know, I'm, I'm skeptical about them. Um, 
And so now they're divorced. Is that their, I forgot what their whole deal was, but she was not happy when we saw her. No. We didn't get to see that much of them. We didn't get to see but, yeah. that much of them because he is gone. He is scrammed. He is living with his brother in air quotes, his brother in New Jersey. I don't know if he's actually living there. If he's living with one of the many women, he was on social media, texting, sending oh, okay. possibly naughty pictures to, etc. that Molly just found out about. So she's telling her brother Jess in that diner scene how she went on her data plan and she found basically all of this communication between Luis and these random women because they were on the show last year. So that means Luis learned how to get a social media account. I mean, he had just come to the U.S. Right. And he was on his phone all of the time, and Molly just – she never looked into this before. She also apparently never looked into the fact that she signed all of this paperwork that puts her on the hook for 10 years, whether she divorces him or not. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. So I – right. So I remember yeah. her talking yeah. about that. And I don't – I'm not familiar with the laws, like these immigration laws and, you know, marrying somebody who's who who was – immigrant or, you know, marrying somebody for this K-1 visa. Like, I'm not familiar with all the technicalities, but it just really sounds like, you know, you got to really have a lawyer with you as you're signing the papers. Yes. You know? Well, Molly and Luis were supposed to, they were on B, they were on regular 90 day or before the 90 day. I'm, I'm so jumbled in my mind right now. They were on last season, whatever, before they were married. It was a regular 90-day fiancé, yes, because they were supposed to get married at the end of the season, which is what the regular 90-day fiancé series expects. Like, you'll get married at the end, or the person will have to go back home to their home country. Well, it turns right. out we're getting to the end of the series that they were on, the end of the, the end of the season, rather. And Molly slips up and admits that she already secretly married him while the season was going on. Oh, yeah. On. Yes. So okay, she yeah. signed all that paperwork without anyone. I mean, she it's like they did it in a rush. And so now she is paying the price for that, I think, because she didn't do her due diligence. I mean, first of all, she brought home the bartender that she met on a girl's trip at an all-inclusive bar. So that that's already deci- bad decision number one. Right. The second, oh, wow. the second of many bad decisions is expecting him to be a stepfather to her children, who she has put through hell. And, you know, she has, she has made some terrible parenting decisions along the way, and she's going to have to live with that, and it's really hard to watch. And number three, she signed all of this paperwork, and she's now doing her due diligence. It's like she's now going to lawyers and asking. Yeah. It's like, do, well, shouldn't you have been at that immigration lawyer before you signed that fucking paperwork? Yeah, exactly. Right. So I think I tweeted something like that. And the truth of the matter is that, you know, when I did my deep dive, she reminds me of another couple that was on the show. I sort of caught up on a little bit. Um Oh gosh, what was that woman's Danielle and Mohammed? Mohammed. Yes, Danielle and Mohammed. Danielle discovered absolutely. She woke up too late and realized, like, I've really been used. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's there's more to it. Danielle does not seem totally innocent, (laughs) but they reminded me of each other. These couples. Okay, can we just get real for okay between you, me, and and my listeners? Molly is at a whole nother level of intellect than Danielle. Yes. You know, and I, yeah. I, I say that knowing that Danielle is not, you know, she's not totally innocent. She wasn't a total victim in that. She has a criminal past. She she took Mohammed for a ride in a lot of ways, too. But Molly is a business owner. She is she seems smart and together and well-spoken and spunky and like she could find love, you know. Anywhere. Yeah, but I think she is a bad so picker because, I mean, it's it sounds like I mean, it doesn't seem like she picked a prize with her first, you know, the father of her child either. Right. Um, so I think she just has a bad picker as Patty, uh, the matchmaker would say, Mm -hmm. Patty Sanger would say, because I I think she, she's attracted to men that are, 
just bad. I mean, she must know in her heart of hearts that this guy was going to use her. Yeah, I, mean, I, and, and I don't now believe that she was that stupid. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just like kind of tragic. I hate when the kids are brought into it. Like, so Nicole and Azin, and then Molly and Luis. Those stories are the saddest to me because I can't stand watching the kids get dragged through the parents' drama. You know, it's yeah. Like, it, when it comes to like George and Anfisa, I'm just like, oh my god, you guys deserve each other. Oh yeah, I really. However, up on them. <laughs> plot twist: there might be a child. Right, exactly. So, okay. Well, Ando, as I said on Twitter, I will know when I see the eyebrows of that child because <laughs> he has a very distinctive eyebrow pattern. And actually, my husband and my husband's eyebrows are not like his, but my husband also has a distinctive eyebrow pattern, and all my boys have that. So I will know when I see the child. Oh my God! Don't compare your beloved boys to, to George. <laughs> oh, well, if there's God. another child out there with that eyebrow pattern. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so what did you think? Anfisa has been a very uh, contentious oh, character yeah. over the years. I mean, she was absolutely psychotic many times. I mean, she hauled off and assaulted him physically. She keyed his car. She shut down his phone from afar. She hacked into his email from Russia. I mean, girlfriend oh has God. gone like full tilt nuts. She could work for the Trump administration. So she could, yeah. She she basically <laughs> is doing to George what, what the investigators think that Russia has done to our election system. I mean, it's basically yeah. the same thing. She's very talented in areas of sabotage. However, we're seeing the tides turn a little bit, and some people are saying it's good editing, and some people are saying we're just actually seeing more of the truth come out now that George is such a liar that he's almost like driven her insane. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, here's the thing. She's a gold digger. A lot of people, I've seen a lot of people tweet that like, you know, team Amfisa now. And like, George is the one that, you know, lied to her, but she was a gold digger anyway. She was looking for somebody who had money and she's open about that. She's open. And George, so George told her what he, what she wanted to hear in order to, you know, close the deal. And, you know, he kept promising her things. So he's he is an idiot that he kept saying, yeah, I, you know, I'm wealthy. He's not. I can, you know, I'll make like he just kept thinking, like, I can deliver what she wants. But he wasn't realistic about it. And he didn't set realistic expectations. So they're both idiots. (sighs) They're both idiots. I mean, I am feeling that she I I just hate liars, you know, so it's like I feel that, yes, she is an insane person. She she came totally unglued and she did some horrible things to him. However, I don't like him more. I'll just say it. I, I think he's more in the wrong because he said he didn't want to marry someone in the United States because all the women here are feminists. He no, said, gosh. yes, he's disgusting. He said that all the women in America are crazy and that he basically he couldn't find someone to marry. Let's be real. And he wanted someone who was just surface level what he considers hot. And so, right. he, and he also put Anfisa on blast for being this webcam girl. And re- reportedly, again, the rumor mill says that that's where they met because he is. A oh, t- really? Okay. He looks like he is on porn sites 24 hours a day. I mean, let's so wait, be real. So she. Um, at what point was she doing this? She, I mean, once they were married, right? Is she still doing this? Uh, girl, we or? don't know. Nobody knows. Know. It's this big open secret. Like she's probably maybe for sure doing this. You can go out there and you can Google videos of her, but there's no real timeline. And the, the, the attached rumor to it is though, that George really met her this way, that she was like okay. his personal webcam girl. And then he decided to like make her his wife. And now he's wondering why he can't have this real relationship with her. It's like, this is who you sought out, George. You're such an idiot. Yeah, that you is know? crazy. I mean, <laughs> I would like idiot. to see one. It's like, 
So that's the thing. I mean, did she did she ever love if she looks like she actually was in him at some point, but did she really love him or she loved the the idea of like a wealthy man? I think she wanted safety and security and, and a wealthy lifestyle and she had all yeah. of those superficial dreams and George, I mean, I don't know, dude, who's going to fall in love with George? I think she was into him because of what she thought he was. And exactly. She thought, oh, he's a millionaire, and so that made her attracted to him. But yeah, he's not. So yeah, but supposedly he has this kid out there now. Maybe. I mean, that's what we're he- that's what we're hearing. These rumors are coming up that it- this ex girlfriend says that he has a ten year old daughter that he abandoned. And Anfisa is like, okay, this guy has lied to me about everything else. Is he lying to me about this? I mean, do you think that's feasible? Okay, so, so yeah, something made me wonder if this is just a letter from some like obsessed fan who wants to get in on the drama and is like, I think you're the, 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 the dad of my child. But, um, and Fisa said she had received these letters before. So this may be a legit thing. I'm, I'm going to tune in because I want to know what happens. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to, right? You can't just let this go. Now, who you don't ever need to really tune in to again and who you can just fast forward through are Paola and Russ. Who? Oh, are, yeah. They, okay. they're, barely well, no, they worth okay. a, they're barely worth a footnote. But did you have any reaction to seeing them once? Yeah. Um, no, they were. I thought you were going to talk about that other couple towards the end. Um, Paola and Russ, I, I thought they were interesting because she's like, well, what struck me is like she's a really good-looking woman, and I thought they were a nice-looking couple. I really did. So from the, from the get-go, I thought they were like a very good-looking couple in this crew. They're the best um, of the bunch, probably. I mean, you have to you have to go back and look at Russ when he had a normal haircut before he like took a flowbie to it, and before he lost all life in his eyes. He looks like a big oh, okay. man now, but they they're yeah. they're they're okay. Yeah, but they're I so he was, like, boring. Cute. Yeah. So no, but I, I mean, I don't. I know that like there's some guy that like she's still in touch with who used to like her and now disapproves of Russ. That's crazy. Like she needs to cut that guy out of her life if she wants her marriage to survive. And then she talked about having a miscarriage that like resonated with me because it was actually, you know, it really brought tears to my eyes. I had been through that as well, like a long time ago, but you know, that was relatable. So that that stuck with me a bit. I will actually backtrack and admit that too. It, that that actually was brought up one or two episodes ago, and a lot of people were tweeting about that and commenting on you know even the fact that we we think they're a boring couple on this season. That story, and it's not a story; it's her real life. It resonated mm. with me too for personal reasons, and a lot yeah. of us, a lot of us, could relate to what she was talking about yes. what she was going through so I did appreciate that she opened up and shared that because I think not enough women who go through it do talk about it especially openly yeah. you know and they kind of stuff it down so there is that and also her visiting her grandmother who's dying you didn't see that yeah. scene but it was really I saw that scene actually you did okay yeah. it was really troubling that she brought the cameras in there but people then were on the other side of the fence saying, well, but it also humanized her relationship with her family. I don't even know. It, it felt really invasive to me. Yeah, I guess because it's a storyline that's going on and something that she did much discussed, they probably said, like, can yeah. we film some scenes? Um, but, I mean, I thought they were, like, pretty – the two of them seemed to be pretty solidly together for the right I mean, they seem to be into each other as a couple. Right. I just, there's a lot of issues there. Like, why is she still in touch with that Juan guy who, who was pining over her? And, um, I think, Juan, I don't... isn't Juan gay? Am I on, am I on another planet? He's gay. He brings oh. his boyfriend along. I think, I think he's gay. I think he brings his boyfriend along or I'm insane. I don't know. Somebody tell me, somebody tell me if that's true or if oh, I'm just I don't know. As a something. first time watcher, I had no idea about that. Okay. I had no idea about that. 
Um, I thought he was someone that liked her and she keeps him in, a, in her life. Okay. So the, I, the, I think he likes being on TV and I think she likes being on TV and that's why she keeps bringing him back. Okay. Well, the gay disapproving friend is better than what I thought. The former lover <laughs> disapproving. Okay. That would be much better. Okay. Then that kind of also kills the drama that I was excited about. I All know, right. right? Right. But you know what? There right. is, there's more drama with them earlier on. And it's also funny watching her janky modeling career unfold. It's just so it's, it's funny yeah. in a way that they don't want it to be, but I like to laugh at it. So we have to talk about before we go, cause we're going to be running out of time soon, but we have to touch on Chantel and Pedro. Yes. This is the okay, last so, yeah. couple. Tell, tell me everything. Tell me all of your thoughts about this couple. Because well, I didn't really understand what's going on at first, but then I realized, okay, so it was his sister is staying at their house, mm-hmm. and then the sister, she's told to sleep on the couch, and she gets all pissy about it and <laughs> um, and is, like, giving the wife, Chantel, a hard time. And she's being like, I mean, I, you know, he, he confides in his sister about his issues with Chantel, and then, like, when Chantel leaves the room, the sister's cheering that, like, she left. And the sister's acting really obnoxious. And she's the one staying in their house. Right. Um, so that's the, you know, that was the overall take that I got. Um, but also, I saw on Twitter, a lot of people were writing, like, this is how Pedro grabbed his sister. And they show, like, him touching his sister's butt when he first greets her. So now people are wondering, the fans <laughs> are wondering if... The sister is really his sister. Serious. And so is the family Chantel. And we, yes. everybody calls the family Chantel, family Chantel. that because yeah. that's what Pedro calls them. And it's, it's just stuck. That's it's mother Chantel, father Chantel, sister and brother Chantel. We that's their names. So we all, not all of us, but we're all totally wrapped up in what is going on with the sister. Now, do I really think that she's not his sister it, in my heart of hearts? I want to say she is his sister, but I am deep into the the theory that there could be something nefarious going on because that picture, some some internet hero screen grabbed a shot and it made its way all around social media. I posted it on the Pink Shade with Aaron Martin. Oh, Facebook you did? Group. Okay. I did. Yeah, I saw that picture. It's, yeah, it's and he circled it in red and it's Pedro greeting Nicole, not Nicole and as in his sister, Nicole. At the airport, and he is fully cupping her ass. The butt, yeah, exactly. With his hand, it's not like a, it's not like an accidental pet. It's crazy. And somebody was like, "Is this photoshopped?" No. If you go back and you look at it again, and you stop there, it's like, "What the hell is happening?" It's yeah, very strange. Suspicious. I don't know. It can't be explained away as a cultural or closeness thing. It's very strange. It's just very, very suspect. And so the mother and the sister of, you know, Pedro's mom and sister have been acting like total witches forever. But the family Chantel, they act like <laughs> Looney Tunes too. And they're they're like wanting to investigate Pedro. They are, you know, Mother Chantel is talking about it's going to get a little bit more stupider. stupider. Up in the <laughs> She's taking yeah. off her earrings. She's taking off her jewelry, ready for, for to fight people. I mean, these... And there they, is a fight next episode. They show violence in the clip for next week. So they do get into some kind of physical altercation. Shira, it's going to be bad. It's worse yeah. than the previews suggest. Because uh, I'm going to be doing the live show, commenting on this. And I'm specifically going to be talking about this fight. So I have seen the footage. It is... I, oh, you, wow. you yeah. guys need you... to tune in. You need to tune in. And I understand now why they have been basically you know, previewing it every single week and keeping us on the hook like fish because it's outrageous. 
you know what? You need to hook me up with TLC. I want to see this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, wow. Tune in Sunday wow. night. It's it's outrageous. It's a, it's only going to be an hour-long episode on Sunday night because we're doing the live show afterwards, commenting on everything. But the reason they're doing this live show for episode eight is because episode eight is explosive. And it's not just the fight. It's not just the family Chantel versus Pedro and his sister fight. There are so many other things going on that are both hilarious and tragic and also change the game for a couple of the couples that it's, it's just a big episode so it's wow. gonna be great i have yeah. to wonder how much is real versus how much is hyped up for reality tv but, i know, you know, I know. i'm just... still gonna keep watching yeah so tell me what are you gonna what's your next move here like what, what are you gonna do are you in now yeah so i mean this is bad you told me that i should watch last season so i think i'll do that but i have been sort of cheating by watching all these different um YouTube videos and now I'm like wait a minute I watched so many YouTube videos like I hope that when I do go back and watch (laughs) the season that I haven't watched it all on YouTube already I'm going to give you the same advice that I give to every 90 day fiance newbie and I've basically become give your fans this advice (laughs) I've basically become a 90 day evangelist like door to door is my next move for real like converting people because I, I have the whole thing down like why you should watch it how you should do it here's how you should move into it if you're going to watch 90 day fiance skip over season one of 90 day fiance oh I mean if you have the time if you have endless time then start with season one that's fine but you can easily skip season one of regular 90 day start with season two that's when you're going to be introduced to Danielle and Mohammed who it's like you know the old testament in <laughs> versus the new testament in the christian text it's like you have to get the foundation before you move into the new one so season 2 regular through season 5 is what you want to watch of regular 90 day fiance then watch before the 90 days anytime you like because there was only one season yeah you of told that. me to watch that yeah I, w- I would watch that really anytime so you could start with that before you head into regular or you could do it in the midst of or after but that has no real like you don't have to do anything before or after that one that is hands down the best thing that's ever happened to television before the 90 days season one you should definitely get that done before august 5th because before the 90 days season two is premiering then and then With all new characters. Nope. They're going to be two coming back. Oh. Two couples are coming back. Paul and Karini and Darcy and Jesse, the serial killer from Amsterdam. They are coming back. And then it's going to be four new couples besides them. So there'll be six couples total, two of whom we know and four of whom we don't know. And this is before people get the K-1 visa still. So that so do, do before the 90 days before August 5th. And then... You can watch Happily Ever After seasons one and two, because we're on season three right now, really anytime you finish the regular franchise, but there's no rush on that. And then last of all, there's a there's a web series called 90 Day Fiance, What Now? And it's for the less interesting couples, but if you want to know what's happened to them, you know, like Melanie and DeVar, um, they had a baby, you know, people who really weren't featured on any after shows, but, but they're allowing TLC cameras to come in and film like little snippets of their lives. So th- That's interesting. It, it's a universe. It's a whole universe. Just dive in. You can do it little at a time. Do the YouTube videos too, but I would beg you don't do the YouTube video snippets for before the 90 days. You have to watch that entire thing. It's amazing. Okay. It's amazing. That's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I well, actually when we get off the phone, um, cause I'm, I do, I need to go through my room. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn on before the 90 days episode one, because I am now, I'm determined to do it in, 
in order, like you've instructed. It's, you know what? I'm so jealous that you can watch before the 90 days, like for the first time ever. It, you are going to be mouth hanging open, just enjoying every minute out of it. It is fantastic. And if you join, join the Reddit pages and everything, because you're going to find so many fun people to talk to this about. It's incredible. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And I think the and, community who watches this is just the funniest community I've ever met. I saw some great GIF people, like people putting out these really funny GIFs, you know, commenting on the storyline. Hilarious people. Hilarious so, people. I mean, and you know why? It's because it's like we can all unite under our, <laughs> under, under our like train wreck obsession of 90 yes. Day. It's amazing. It brings us together in a way that a lot of shows don't. It's amazing. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> Thank oh, you for getting me into it, Erin. It's all due to you. I'm so happy. So and that this means, podcast. Well, that means you have to then get into Love After Lockup. You haven't watched that yet, have you? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah well, my nice. husband and kids do have to see me at some point, you know. And you know what? There's a great show on right after 90 Day Fiance about um, transgender, you know, people transitioning. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll watch that. But then I was like, wait, no. I just spent two hours and 15 minutes watching a show. I need to actually see my, like, my, my kids were still up. They're up late during the summer. Yeah. Like, I need to go see my kids and my husband and, like, tuck my kids into bed now. I know. Seriously. So, yeah. Sunday nights, <laughs> I just say goodbye. I'm like, because I recap 90 Day, which is on, for, it takes me forever to, to write a recap for 90 Day Fiance because it's a two-hour and 15-minute show, you know? So, yeah. like, that recap is That's like, hard. it's like a movie recap, but I try to condense it. So, I, like, say goodbye to my family on Sundays. I'm like, okay, well, I'll see you Monday. Like, <laughs> shit to do I got, seriously i got a yeah, TLC no, I situation <laughs> i can only justify you know the maximum is two hours and 15 minutes oh beyond God. that another 15 minutes i can't even justify i know it's really bad <laughs> all right well tell people again where to find you tell them about your website and where to follow you on social media because you could check out my old archive, first of all, you know, on Huffington Post, you're under Shira Hirschman Weiss, if you just type that in. And my my new site where I'm writing now is shirasgotthescoop.com. I'm also freelancing other places. And you can um, go to my Twitter where I, you know, I'll tweet out any articles that I write. Um, my screen name is Shira Weiss, uh, W-E-I-S-S is the last name. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. And uh, you wrote a really funny article touching on what we were just talking about. It was the amount of time per week yes. that reality TV takes up in your life, especially as a blogger. You guys go to Shira'sGotTheScoop.com and you'll see that article. She sent it to me and I read it and I was like, preach. I'm like, you're speaking yes. my language. But you know what? I'm never going to change because this is like my sports. I love it. I love it. I love it. Seriously. Yes. And a lot of people, I'm sure there are people that are into the big, into big brother, which is on now. You can tweet at me cause I'm watching that too. Oh. So just putting in this side note there. Awesome. Yes. That's what takes up a lot of my summertime. I think. Yeah, <laughs> that show. Exactly. All right. Well, we will talk soon and thank you for watching 90 day and welcome to the dark side. Thank you. Yep. I'm going to be where. <laughs> okay. Bye, Shira. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Shira for coming on the podcast today. And a special thanks to her for diving into the world of 90 Day Fiance. You know she's not going to regret this shit. No, 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 no. It only brings joy into your life. People start entire Twitter accounts just to tweet about 90 Day Fiance. I mean, it is the blessing that we all need in these dark times, right? 
I mean, there's so much serious stuff going on in the world. Why not just kick back on a Sunday night and watch a little 90 Day Fiance? Think about the choices in your life you've made that are so healthy compared to what you're seeing on this TV show. Remember that this Sunday night, July 8th, 90 Days Live will be premiering. Live talk show, Michelle Collins is hosting. I will be on it, Skyping in, premiering my Season one, bad Real Housewives makeup, probably, but you know it's going to be fun. I want you guys to get in on the action, too, so make sure that you are online and you know shouting out as much as you can. I know that you guys have opinions on all of this craziness, so I hope to see you there. Remember to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Erin Leah Martin. And if you want to talk about all of the craziness of reality TV, true crime documentaries, cults, etc., everything we are all obsessed with but we don't want to post on our regular Facebook pages, join Pink Shade with Erin Martin on Facebook. I tell you, it is like I've met my new best friends. You guys lift me up in times of need, and I love you all for it. Thank you for those of you who have come on over to join the Patreon page. If you go to patreon.com slash pinkshade, you can sign up to support the podcast. It keeps me doing what I'm doing. It is a way for me to offer you some extra bonus content every month. Two to four episodes come out on the Patreon every month. I'm doing throwback Housewives recaps, Scary Island the Beverly Hills Dinner Party from Hell. I'm giving you inside dirt. I'm telling personal stories. I'm taking requests. So if you've got something that you want to hear about that I don't share on the regular podcast, we do it over there. Thanks to our premium sponsor, Tammy Stefani, and our newest Extra Shady sponsors, the amazing Shelly Wade and the amazing Kim Kravagna. Ladies, you are great. Boys out there listening, we love you too. Keep tuning in. I will keep bringing you the dirt, the recaps. There is major cult news coming up. I am definitely covering cults and extreme beliefs on A&E. I wanted to make sure I watch all the episodes before I decide on which ones to really break down. I'm getting guests on board for that, and I am still doing a deep dive into some religions that aren't necessarily considered cults, but they were covered on the series as well. So be on the lookout for bonus episodes and regular episodes and a little Patreon extra coming at you very soon. Thanks for going on iTunes and leaving a rating and review. I appreciate it so much and it helps get the word out there for the little podcast that could. You guys are just simply amazing. Until next time, I will see you in reality. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.